Part one, chapter eight of En Route by Jory Karl Heismans, translated by Charles Keegan Paul. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. On Sunday morning, on his way to the Rue Monsieur, Durtal chewed the cud of his reflections on the monasteries. It is certain, he thought, that in the accumulated filth of ages, they alone have remained clean, are truly in relation with heaven, and serve as interpreters between it and earth but we must thoroughly understand and specify that we are speaking only of the cloistered orders which have remained as far as possible poor and thinking of the communities of women he murmured as he hastened his steps here is a surprising fact which proves once more the incomparable genius with which the church is endowed she has been able to bring into common life women who do not assassinate each other and obey without recalcitrancy the orders of another woman wonderful well here i am and durtal who knew he was late hastened into the court of the benedictine nunnery took the steps of the little church four at a time and pushed the door open he paused in hesitation on the threshold dazzled by the blaze of the lighted chapel lamps were lit everywhere and overhead the altar flamed with a forest of tapers against which stood out as on a gold ground the ruddy face of a bishop all in white durtal glided among the crowd elbowing his way till he saw the abbe gévrezin beckoning to him he joined him and sat down on the chair the priest had kept for him and examined the abbot of la grande trappe surrounded by priests in chasubles and choir-boys some in red and others in blue followed by a trappist with shaven crown surrounded by a fringe of hair holding a wooden cross on the reverse of which was carved the small figure of a monk clad in a white cowl with long sleeves and a gold button on his hood his abbot's cross on his breast his head covered with an old french mitre of low form Domitienne, with his broad shoulders, his greyish beard, his ruddy colour, had a look of an old Burgundian, tanned by the sun while working at his vines. He seemed, moreover, a good sort of man, uneasy under his mitre, oppressed by his honours. A sharp perfume which burnt the nose as a spice burns the tongue, the perfume of myrrh, floated in the air. The crowd surged. Behind the grating from which the curtain was withdrawn, the nuns standing sang the hymn of St. Ambrose, Jesu corona virginum while the bells of the abbey rang a peal in the short aisle leading from the porch to the choir a bending line of women on either side a cross-bearer and torch-bearers entered and behind them appeared the novice dressed as a bride she was dark slight and very short and came forward shyly with downcast eyes between her mother and sister at first sight durtal thought her insignificant scarcely pretty a mere nobody and he looked instinctively for the other party put out in his sense of fitness by the absence of a man in the marriage procession striving against her agitation the postulant walked up the nave into the choir and knelt on the left before a large taper her mother and sister on either side as bridesmaids domitienne genuflected to the altar mounted the steps and sat down in a red velvet armchair placed on the highest step then one of the priests conducted the girl who knelt alone before the monk domitienne was motionless as a figure of buddha with the same gesture he lifted one finger and said gently to the novice what is it you ask she spoke so low as scarcely to be heard father feeling in myself an ardent desire to sacrifice myself to god as a victim in union with our lord jesus christ immolated on our altars and to spend my life in perpetual adoration of his divine sacrament under the observance of the rule of our glorious father saint benedict i humbly ask of you the grace of the holy habit 
i will give it you willingly if you believe you can conform your life to that of a victim devoted to the holy sacrament and she answered in a firmer tone i trust so leaning on the infinite goodness of my saviour jesus christ god give you perseverance my daughter said the prelate he rose turned to the altar genuflected and with uncovered head began the chant veni creator taken up by the voices of the nuns behind the light screen of iron then he replaced his mitre and prayed while the chanted psalms rose under the arches the novice who in the meantime had been reconducted to her place at the prie dieu rose genuflected to the altar and then knelt between her two bridesmaids before the abbot of la trappe who had reseated himself her two companions lifted the veil of the bride took off her wreath of orange flowers unrolled the coils of her hair while a priest spread a napkin on the knees of the prelate and the deacon presented a pair of long scissors on a salver then before the gesture of this monk making himself ready like an executioner to shear the condemned person whose hour of expiation was at hand the terrible beauty of innocence becoming like crime in substitution for sins of which she was ignorant which she could not even understand was evident to the public who had come to the chapel out of curiosity and in consternation at the superhuman denial of justice it trembled when the bishop seized the entire handful of her hair and drew it towards him over her brow then there was as it were a flash of steel in a dark shower in the death-like silence of the church the grinding of the scissors was heard in the mass of hair which fell under the blades and then all was silent Domitien opened his hand, and the rain fell on his knees in long black threads. There was a sigh of relief when the priests and bridesmaids led away the bride, looking strange in her train, with her head discrowned and her neck bare. The procession returned almost immediately. There was no longer a bride in a white skirt, but a nun in a black robe. She bowed before the trappist, and again knelt between her mother and sister then while the abbot prayed the lord to bless his handmaid the master of the ceremonies and the deacon took from a credence near the altar a basket wherein under loose rose leaves were folded a girdle of untanned leather emblem of the end of that luxury which the fathers of the church placed in the region of the rains a scapular symbol of a life crucified to the world a veil which signifies the solitude of the life hidden in god and the prelate explained the sense of these emblems to the novice then taking the lighted taper from the candlestick before her he gave it to her declaring in one phrase the meaning of his action Acipe, carissima soror lumen christi then domitien took the sprinkler which a priest handed him with an inclination and as in the general absolution of the dead he sprinkled the girl with holy water in the form of a cross then he sat down and spoke gently and quietly without using a single gesture he spoke to the postulant alone praising the august and humble life of the cloister look not back he said have no regrets for by my voice jesus repeats to you the promise once made to the magdalene yours is the better part which shall not be taken away from you say also to yourself my daughter that henceforward taken away from the eternal trifling of labours in vain you will accomplish a useful work upon earth you will practice charity in its highest form you will make expiation for others you will pray for those who never pray you will aid so far as your strength permits to make amends for the hate the world bears to the saviour suffer and you will be happy love your spouse and you will see how tender he is to his elect 
believe me his love is such that he will not even wait till you are purified by death to recompense you for your miserable mortifications your poor sufferings even before your hour is come he will heap his graces upon you and you will beg him to let you die so greatly will the excess of these joys exceed your strength little by little the old monk grew warm and returned to the words of christ to the magdalen showing how in reference to her jesus set forward the excellence of the contemplative over the other orders and gave brief advice dwelling on the necessity of humility and poverty which are as saint Clare says the two great walls of cloistered life then he blessed the novice who kissed his hand and when she had returned to her place he prayed to the lord lifting his eyes to heaven that he would accept this nun who offered herself as a victim for the sins of the world then standing he intoned the te deum every one rose and preceded by the cross and torch-bearers the procession passed out of the church and was massed in the court then durtal might have believed himself carried back far from paris into the heart of the middle ages the court surrounded by buildings was closed opposite the entrance gate by a high wall in the midst of which was a folding door on each side six thin pines rocked to and fro and chanting was heard behind the wall the postulant in front alone near the closed door held her torch with her head bent the abbot of la trappe leaning on his crozier waited unmoving a few paces from her durtal examined their faces the girl so commonplace in her bridal costume had become charming her body was now full of a timid grace the lines somewhat too marked under her worldly dress were softened under her religious shroud her outline was only a simple sketch it was as though the years had rolled back and as though there was a return to the forms only prophesied in childhood durtal drew near to examine her better he tried to look at her face but under the chill bandage of her headdress she remained mute and as if absent from life with her eyes closed and as though she lived only in the smile of her happy lips seen nearer the monk who had seemed so stout and ruddy in the chapel seemed also changed his frame remained robust and his complexion bright but his eyes of a light blue like chalk water water without reflections or waves eyes wonderfully pure changed the common expression of his features and took away from him that look of a vine-dresser which he had at a distance it is clear thought durtal that the soul is everything in these people and their faces are modelled by it there is a holy clearness in their eyes and their lips in those only apertures through which the soul comes to look out of the body and almost shows itself the chance behind the wall suddenly ceased the girl made a step forward and knocked with her closed fingers at the door and then with a failing voice she sang aperite mihi portas justitiae ingressa in eas confitebor domino the door opened another large court paved with pebbles was seen bounded at the end by a building and all the community in a sort of semicircle with black books in their hands cried haec porta domini justi intrabunt in eam the novice made another step to the sill and answered in her faraway voice ingrediar in locum tabernaculi admirabilis usque ad domum dei and the choir of nuns unmoving answered haec est domus domini firmiter aedificata bene fundata est supra firmam petram durtal hastily looked at those faces which could only be seen for a few minutes and on the occasion of such a ceremony it was a row of dead bodies standing in black shrouds 
all were bloodless with white cheeks lilac eyelids and grey lips the voices of all were exhausted and fined down by prayer and most of them even the young were bent their poor bodies are worn with austere fatigue thought durtal but his reflections were cut short the bride now kneeling on the threshold turned to domitienne and chanted in a low voice haec requies mea in saeculam saeculi hic habitabo quoniam elegi eam the monk laid aside his mitre and crozier and said confirma hoc deus quod operatus es in nobis and the postulant murmured a templo sacro tuo quod est in jerusalem then before recovering his head and resuming his crozier the prelate prayed god almighty to pour the dew of his blessing on his handmaid then directing the girl towards a nun who left the group of sisters and advanced to the threshold he said to her into your hands madame we commit this new bride of the lord sustain her in the holy resolution she has so solemnly taken upon her in asking to sacrifice herself to god as a victim and to dedicate her life in honour of our lord jesus christ sacrificed on our altars lead her in the way of the divine commandments in the practice of the counsels of the holy gospel and in the observance of the monastic rule prepare her for the eternal union to which the heavenly spouse invites her and from this blessed increase of the flock committed to your charge draw a new motive for maternal care the peace of the lord rest upon you this was all the nuns one by one turned and disappeared behind the wall while the girl followed them like a poor dog who with drooping head accompanies at a distance a new master the folding doors closed durtal remained stupefied looking at the outline of the white bishop the backs of the priests who were mounting the steps to give benediction in the church while behind them came in tears their faces in their handkerchiefs the mother and sister of the novice well said the abbe passing his arm through durtal's well this scene is to my mind the most touching alibi of death that it is possible to see this living woman who buries herself in the most frightful of tombs for in it the flesh continues to suffer is wonderful i remember that you have yourself told me of the pressure of this observance and i shivered in thinking of perpetual adoration in those winter nights when a child like this is awakened out of her first sleep and cast into the darkness of a chapel where unless she faints from weakness or terror she must pray alone through the freezing hours on her knees on the pavement what passes in that conversation with the unknown that interview with the shadow does she succeed in escaping from self and in leaving the earth in gaining on the threshold of eternity the inconceivable spouse or does the soul powerless to spring on high remain riveted to the soil we figure her to ourselves her face bent forward her hands joined making appeal to herself concentrating herself in order to pour herself forth the better and we imagine her thus sickly with no strength left trying to set her soul on fire in a shivering frame but who can tell if on certain nights she attains to it ah those poor lamps of exhausted oil of flames almost dead which tremble in the obscurity of the sanctuary what will god make of them then there was the family present at the taking the habit and if the daughter filled me with enthusiasm i could not restrain myself from pitying the mother think if the daughter died the mother would embrace her would perhaps speak to her or if she did not recognize her it would at least not be with her own good will but in this case it is not the body but the very soul of her child that dies before her eyes of her own accord her child knows her no longer it is the contemptuous end of an affection you will admit that for a mother this is very hard 
yes but this so-called ingratitude gained at the price of god knows what struggles is it not even apart from the divine vocation the most equitable repartition of human love think that this elect creature becomes the scapegoat of sins committed and like a lamentable daughter of danaus she will unceasingly pour the offering of her mortifications and prayers of her vigils and fastings into the bottomless vessel of offences and crimes ah if you knew what it was to repair the sins of the world in regard to this i remember that one day the abbess of the benedictines in the rue tournefort said to me since our tears are not holy enough nor our souls pure enough god makes trial of us in our bodies here are long illnesses which cannot be cured illnesses which doctors fail to understand and we make thus much expiation for others but if you will think over the ceremony which is just ended you need not be affected beyond measure or compare it to the well-known ceremonies of a funeral the postulant whom you saw has not yet pronounced her final vows she can if she choose leave the convent and return to her own home at present she is in regard to her mother a child in a foreign country a child at school but she is not a dead child you may say what you please but there is a tragedy in that door which closed upon her therefore in the benedictine convent in the rue tournefort the scene takes place in the interior of the convent and the family is not present the mother is spared but mitigated thus the ceremony is but a mere form almost a foolish rule in the seclusion wherein the faith is hidden those nuns are also benedictines of the perpetual adoration are they not yes do you know their convent and as durtal shook his head the abbe continued it is older but less interesting than that in the rue monsieur the chapel is mean full of plaster statuettes cotton flowers bunches of grapes and ears of corn in gold paper but the old building of the nunnery is curious it contains what shall i call it a school dining-room and a retreatant's drawing-room and so gives at once the impression of old age and childhood i know that class of convents said durtal i used often to see one when i used to visit an old aunt at versailles it always used to impress me as a maison vauquet brought to devotional uses it had the air at once of a table d'hote in the rue de la clé and the sacristy of a country church just so and the abbe went on with a smile i had many interviews with the abbess in the rue tournefort you guess at rather than see her for you are separated from her by a screen of black wood behind which is stretched a black curtain which she draws aside i can see it thought durtal who remembering the benedictine custom saw in a second a little face confused in neutral tinted light and lower at the top of her habit the gleam of a medal of the blessed sacrament in red enamelled in white he laughed and said to the abbe i laugh because having had some business to transact with my nun-aunt of whom i was speaking only visible like your abbess through a trellis i found out how to read her thoughts a little ah how was that in this way since i could not see her face which was hidden behind the lattice of her cage and disappeared behind her veil and if she should answer me having nothing to guide me but the inflections of her voice always circumspect and always calm i ended by trusting only to her great glasses round with buff frames which almost all nuns wear well all the repressed vivacity of this woman burst out there suddenly in a corner of her glasses there was a glimmer and i then understood that her eye had lighted up and gave the lie to the indifference of her voice the determined quietness of her tone the abbe in his turn began to laugh do you know the superior of the benedictines in the rue monsieur said durtal i have spoken with her once or twice there the parlour is monastic 
there is not the provincial and middle-class side of the rue tournefort it is composed of a sombre room of which all the breadth at the end is taken up by an iron grating and behind the grating are again wooden bars and a shutter painted black you are quite in the dark and the abbess scarcely in the light appears to you like a phantom the abbess is i suppose the nun elderly fragile and very short to whom domessienne committed the novice yes she is a remarkable shepherdess of souls and what is more a very well-educated woman of most distinguished manners oh thought durtal i can imagine that these abbesses are charming but also terrible women saint teresa was goodness itself but when she speaks in her way of perfection of nuns who band themselves together to discuss the will of their mother she shows herself inexorable for she declares that perpetual imprisonment should be inflicted on them as soon as possible and without flinching and in fact she is right for every disorderly sister infects the flock and gives the rot to souls thus talking they had reached the end of the rue de sevres and the abbe stopped to rest ah he said as if speaking to himself had i not had all my life heavy expenses first a brother then nephews to maintain i should many years ago have become a member of saint benedict's family i have always had an attraction towards that grand order which is in fact the intellectual order of the church therefore when i was stronger and younger i always went for my retreats to one of their monasteries sometimes to the black monks of solem or of liguget who have preserved the wise traditions of saint maurus sometimes to the cistercians or the white monks of la trappe true said durtal la trappe is one of the great branches of the tree of saint benedict but how is it that its ordinances do not differ from those which the patriarch left that is to say that the trappists interpret the rule of saint benedict which is very broad and supple less in its spirit than in its letter while the benedictines do the contrary in fact la trappe is an offshoot of citeaux and is much more the daughter of saint bernard who was during forty years the very sap of that branch than the descendant of saint benedict but so far as i remember the trappists are themselves divided and do not live under a uniform discipline they do so now since a pontifical brief dated march seventeenth eighteen ninety three sanctioned the decisions of the general chapter of the trappists assembled in rome and ordered the fusion into one sole order and under the direction of a sole superior of the three observances of the trappists who were in fact ruled by discordant constitutions and seeing that durtal was listening attentively the abbe continued among these three observances one only that of the cistercian trappists to which belonged the abbey of which i was a guest followed in their integrity the rules of the twelfth century and led the monastic life of saint bernard's day this alone recognized the rule of saint benedict taken in its strictest application and completed by the charte de charité and the use and customs of citeaux the two others had adopted the same rule but revised and modified in the seventeenth century by the abbe de rancy and again one of them the belgian congregation had changed the statutes imposed by that abbot at the present day as i have just said all the trappists form only one and the same institute under the name order of the reformed cistercians of the blessed virgin mary of la trappe and all resume the rules of citeaux and live again the life of the cenobites of the middle ages but if you have visited these ascetics said durtal you must know domessienne no i have never stayed at la grande trappe i prefer the poor and small monasteries where one is mixed up with the monks to those imposing convents where they isolate you in a guest-house and in a word keep you separate 
there is one in which i make my retreats notre dame de l'atre a small trappist monastery a few leagues from paris which is quite the most seductive of shelters besides that the lord really abides there for it has true saints among its children it is delightful also with its ponds its immemorial trees its distant solitude far in the woods yes but observed durtal the life there must be unbending for la trappe is the most rigid order which has been imposed on men for his only answer the abbe let go durtal's arm and took both his hands do you know he said looking him in the face it is there you must go for your conversion are you serious monsieur l'abbé and as the priest pressed his hands more strongly durtal cried ah oh, no indeed first i have not the stoutness of soul and if that be possible i have still less the bodily health needed for such a course i should fall ill on my arrival and then and then and then what i am not proposing to you to shut you up for ever in a cloister so i suppose said durtal in a somewhat piqued tone but just to remain a week just the necessary time for a cure now a week is soon over then do you think that if you make such a resolution god will not sustain you that is all very fine but let us speak on the health question then and the abbe smiled a smile of pity that was a little contemptuous i can promise you at once that as a retreatant you will not be bound to lead the life of a trappist in its austerest sense you need not get up at two in the morning for matins but at three or even at four o'clock according to the day and smiling at the face durtal made the abbe went on as to your food it will be better than that of the monks naturally you will have no fish nor meat but you may certainly have an egg for dinner if vegetables are not enough for you and the vegetables i suppose are cooked with salt and water and no seasoning no they are dressed with salt and water only on fasting days at other times you will have them cooked in milk and water or in oil many thanks said durtal but that is all excellent for your health continued the priest you complain of pains in the stomach sick headaches diarrhoea well this diet in the country in the air will cure you better than all the drugs you take now let us leave if you like your body out of the question for in such a case it is god's part to act against your weakness i tell you you will not be ill at la trappe that were absurd it would be to send the penitent sinner away and jesus would not then be the christ but let us talk of your soul have the courage to take its measure to look it well in the face do you see that said the abbe after a silence durtal did not answer admit said the priest that you are horrified at it they took a few steps in the street and the abbe continued you declare that you are sustained by the crowds of notre dame des victoires and the emanations of saint severin what will it be then in the humble chapel when you will be on the ground huddled together with the saints i guarantee you in the name of the lord an assistance such as you have never had and he went on with a laugh i may add that the church will take pleasure in receiving you she will bring out her ornaments which she has now left off the authentic liturgies of the middle ages true plain chant without solos or organs listen your propositions astound me said durtal with an effort no i assure you i am not at all disposed to imprison myself in such a place i know well that at paris i shall never come to any good i swear to you that i am not proud of my life nor satisfied with my soul but from thence to where i cannot tell i want at least a mitigated asylum a quiet convent there must be on those conditions somewhere hospitals for souls 
i could only send you to the jesuits who make a specialty of retreats for men but knowing you as i think i know you i feel sure you would not stay there two days you would find yourself among amiable and very clever priests but they would overwhelm you with sermons would wish to interfere with your life mix themselves up with your art they would examine your thoughts with a magnifying glass and then you would be under treatment with good young people whose unintelligent piety would horrify you and you would flee in exasperation at la trappe it is the contrary you would certainly be the sole retreatant there and no one will have the least idea of troubling himself about you you will be free you can if you choose leave the monastery just as you entered it without having confessed or approached the sacraments your will will be respected there and no monk will attempt to sound it without your authority to you only it will appertain to decide whether you will be converted or no and you will like me to be frank to the last will you not you are as indeed i have already said to you a sensitive and distrustful man well the priest as you see him in paris even the religious not cloistered seem to you how shall i express it second-rate souls not to go further durtal protested vaguely with a gesture let me go on an afterthought will come to you in regard to the ecclesiastic to whom will fall the task of cleansing you you will be quite certain that he is not a saint this is not very theological for were he even the worst of priests his absolution would have just the same value if you merit it but indeed here is a question of sentiment which i respect you will think of him in a word he lives as i do he is not more self-denying than i am nothing shows that his conscience is very superior to mine and thence to losing all confidence and throwing up the whole thing there is but a step at la trappe i will defy you to reason in this way and not to become humble when you see men who after having abandoned everything to serve god lead a life of privations and penance such as no government would dare to inflict on its convicts you will indeed be obliged to admit that you are no great thing by their side durtal was silent after the astonishment he had felt at the suggestion of such an issue he became dully irritated against this friend who hitherto so discreet had suddenly rushed upon his soul and opened it by force there came out the disgusting vision of an existence stripped used up reduced to a state of dust a condition of rags and durtal shrank from himself convinced that the abbe was right that he must at any rate stanch the discharge of his senses and expiate their inappeasable desires their abominable covetousness their rotten tastes and he was seized with a terror irrational and intense he had the giddy fear of the cloister a terror which attracted him to the abyss over which gevresin made him lean enervated by the ceremony of taking the habit stunned by the blow with which the priest had assailed him as they left the church he now felt an anguish almost physical in which everything ended in confusion he did not know to what reflections he should give himself and only saw swimming on this whirlpool of troubled ideas one clear thought that the moment had come so dreaded by him in which he must make a resolution the abbe looked at him saw that he was really suffering and was full of pity for a soul so unable to support a struggle he took durtal's arm and said gently my son believe me that the day you go yourself to the house of god the day you knock at its door it will open wide and the angels will draw aside to let you pass the gospel cannot lie and it declares that there is more joy over one sinner that repents than over ninety and nine just persons who need no repentance you will be much better welcomed than you expect and be sufficiently my friend to think that the old priest you leave here will not remain inactive and that he and the convents he can influence will pray their best for you i will see 
said durtal really moved by the affectionate tone of the priest i will see i cannot decide thus unexpectedly i will think ah it is not simple above all things pray said the priest who had reached his door i have on my side sought the lord much that he would enlighten me and i declare to you that the solution of la trappe is the only one he has given me ask him humbly in your turn and you will be guided i shall soon see you again shall i not he pressed durtal's hand who left alone recovered himself at last then he recalled the strategic smiles the ambiguous phrases the dreamy silences of the abbe Gévresin. he understood the kindness of his counsels the patience of his plans and a little put out at having been without knowing it led so wisely he exclaimed in spite of himself this then was the design the priest was ripening with his air of not concerning himself with it at all end of part one chapter eight